Hey everyone, and welcome back to Hot Messy Podcast. We're your hosts, Jason Barrett and Adam Newell. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Adam, there has been a lot of TV on this week. A lot. Holy cow. Jason, yesterday we got the new um, Netflix docuseries of Harry and Meghan. I just spent three, maybe three and a half hours watching the Harry and Meghan documentary that I could not put down. Still trying to really dissect how I feel since we talked on Tuesday about this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that when they say, and I said this to you while we were watching it, there are three sides to every story, right? This literally applies to this situation. Like we have the Royals and the institution, we have Harry and Meghan, and then somewhere in between, there's like the real story. I think that we're getting both sides of it right now, but I think that both sides favor themselves. And it's really clear to see that as we're watching the documentary, but I just want to see the second part before I make my assessment. I think so too, because I still have questions, you know, because my main point when we talked about this before was I thought they wanted privacy and I thought they wanted to get away from all of this craziness. And by doing a Netflix documentary, you're kind of opening that door for more criticism, for more critique, more social media trolls, more paparazzi. I'm I'm not understanding, but at the same time, I'm kind of feeling shit, maybe I would want to get my side of the story out and tell it the way I want to tell it or the way I perceived it. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Megan Megan opens with that she wants to get on the other side of this. And what is the other side? What is the end goal? Like, what is the point? See, I have a totally different perspective and maybe I'm just buying into the Hollywood of it all. I feel like watching it and listening to them say this, Getting on the other side, I think it's getting our story out, saying that, you know, we want the anonymity, but also, you know, we kind of wanted to be left alone and taken out of like the limelight of it all. I still think there's that void of everyone else being able to narrate their story for them. And I think the Oprah interview did not do that um, necessarily the way that they thought it was going to. And now I, I think I felt it actually kind way. of backfired the Oprah interview. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But this was interesting because this is more about their love story. And it doesn't seem like this is such an attack on the institution. And I have to disagree with you. I don't think it's just a love story. I mean, we're talking about the history of the British Empire. We're bringing up, I think that William has asked journalists to stop replaying images of Diana and her car crash and, and things around that time. And here we are in their own documentary showing those things. And so I it it's confusing to me. And you know what the other part is confusing to me is that Megan and like I said, I find her not relatable but very capable of being relatable. Does that make sense or am I being a hypocrite? Do you think Diana was relatable? Yes, in, in some in some strange way absolutely. Okay. Um more authentic maybe. I don't know. I'm still like I said, this is this is a very well-produced documentary. It is very good. It's enticing. It holds my attention. But when we talk about Megan, and I really am enjoying getting to know her past and Harry's past a little bit. I totally forgot he was in the army for 10 years, a whole decade. That's insane. I didn't realize so much of Megan's life. I didn't, I didn't go into detail, you know, researching it at all or anything. But she did graduate with... Um, 
she graduated in, in performing arts and international relations. And with international relations, you would think that you would understand some of the stuff that goes into, let's see, or let's say the, the royals or like curtsying for the queen and, and what a big deal that is because they played videos of Megan all around the world with different customs. And she does the bow to, to other people and, and other countries and, and puts her hands together. Remember in Thailand, we would always bow to people out of respect. And she knows that custom, but how did you know not to curtsy for the queen or that would it be such a big deal? I'm very confused. Listen, I also feel like when you and I went to Thailand, we went with one of our best friends and we were celebrating New Year's Eve. And what people don't know is in Thailand, the royal family, wherever they step foot at the time, that property belongs to them, right? Which is very different from the royal family we're talking about. Exactly. Because in Thailand, it's still a complete monarchy. Right. But... Janie had a beautiful white Gucci dress on. It was all white. I think it cost somewhere around like $7,000. And as soon as the queen walked in, actually, it was the princess. It was the, the princess. Time. Yeah. Yeah. She literally, we were out on the sand and she threw herself and her beautiful white dress into the dirt. Like you get all the way down on the ground. And she looked at us and she's like, get down, get down. And we were like, oh my gosh, we didn't know. So when there are moments like this with, Megan saying, I didn't know, is this for real? Like the whole curtsy thing. I know that it might sound silly or ignorant, but I feel like I would have been the same way. Like, oh my gosh, is this what you do? I don't know what to do. Like, this is not what I'm accustomed to. But then I see on the other side of this, I'm I mean, gonna... you didn't go to school for international relations either. I get that. But I see on the other side of this, you know, I relate it to our housewives where Sometimes we have housewives who try to be super authentic. I know I'm always, guys, I'm always going back to our housewives. Our foundation is always the Kardashians of the housewives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, we have a moment where we see like Lisa Renna on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and she's crying and she's like, guys, I had to get this story out there. I had to tell my truth or I was going to get cancer. And then you see like Garcelle being like, okay, days of our lives. You know, so you have that actress component of it where she has the ability, she was very successful in her craft, and she has the ability to turn it on and to play into a role. So it's really hard. And if we're making comparisons between her and Diana, I think like what I just asked you about Diana being authentic, I think that's something we have to give her. She was married into this institution, into this royal family at such a young age. She didn't even know Diana as an adult. She just kind of started to get molded by them and told what to do and how to act. And she had to be herself within all of the chaos. And I think that's what made her more authentic was there wasn't this like preconceived notion of this is how I should be. This is what needs to happen. She I mean, just I think so because, not, you know, Diana comes from a noble family, right? She comes from the society of it all. So right. she did have a one-up on Megan here. I have to, I have to give it that. But getting back to the documentary just a little bit, I have to say it is making me see Megan in a different light. I'm actually, I like her in a lot of ways. I really, really do. And I hope that they're setting us up with these three episodes for some, just some more information or what they want the outcome of all of this to be. Cause I'm still confused about what, what is the purpose of, of doing this? Right. And, and you know, know, what is, what's the, what's going to be his purpose of releasing the tell all book? What, what's the purpose? What is the end goal? No, I totally, I get what you're saying and I get what you're asking for. Um, 
you know me in the sense that like you have a ton of friends, you're very close with your family, but you have a lot of amazing friendships that have been lifelong for you. I unfortunately have not had a lot of that. I've always just been super close with my family and they double up as my friends. And it breaks my heart for Harry and Megan. The fact that Megan all of a sudden, you know, married into the institution and then you have family members who are willing to throw you under the bus and they've loved you your entire life. And this is how you were growing up just for two seconds of fame and to have your face plastered on a tabloid. And then you have Harry who had some of the most devastating times of his life, like the passing of his mother. And then you watch him in the documentary and it's so sad, really. Like you watch him and you watch um, William and they're walking behind and they're doing the walk arounds or I, I don't mean to say it wrong, but where they're greeting the public. And this is when the entire public they're saying you know we're sorry for your mom's passing we're sorry for this and they have these smiles that have to be plastered on their face and they have to do the meet and greets i could never like you even know and i know when you you know you lost your father like you know when i lost my best friend you have these moments where it's like i i just could not imagine being put around a bunch of people at that time at that time the times that you and i went through we kind of just wanted to be left alone you know, so mm. my heart breaks for him. And I think that really the angle of this might be for him to see or have his brother see through his eyes how everything has been for him and his family, because it's not just him and Megan anymore. It's him, Megan, and their two beautiful children. And then I also think on the other side, that's a really hard thing to be able to accomplish because I think that Prince William stands in that stoic position of. I can't really waver. I am the future king. Like, I don't have time for the shenanigans. I can't try to understand. I have, you know, a, a place. And in this place, you want sympathy. But don't the Brits, like, they have a hard time showing emotion in certain situations anyways, right? Like, I mean, you don't I think hug, that's really... Well, I mean, as a royal, let's let's as not, a royal. Yeah, okay. let's not lump everyone in the same story. Well, that's not... See, sure. and, and that's where I'm ignorant. So that's what... That's where I don't necessarily understand. And well, I that's think why you know the, so the monarchy is so intertwined with with British life and representation of the country. And and there are some people who are very much in favor of of the royals. There are some people who want it to be, you know, abolished and, and done with, like a lot of the other um, European monarchies, let's say. But there is some kind of I, I don't know proudness or 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 something with the people and and the monarchy it seems it seems you know we're we don't live there we don't know but i i think william is in a position and so is is kate and and prince george they're in a position where the country looks at them for representation and right. example and that's very very difficult i mean we're we're seeing even the difference between elizabeth and and charles and king charles right now it's it's very different i am curious though with the release of this documentary, with the tell-all book, what the response from the palace will be, and if it will be similar to Queen Elizabeth, who really liked to keep the peace, I think maybe Charles and William might just be getting a little tired of this. But but I don't know. I am so in the middle. I'm so conflicted. I'm so conflicted in how I feel because I feel like the media 
is very responsible for a lot of this, you know, crap, right? The shenanigans. And the shenanigans. And that's like one thing I really appreciated them pointing out in the documentary. It's like, ah, yes, we are driven by media, especially in America and, and of course in Europe as well. And it's social media and, and everything else that goes along with it. I just, I, again, I keep coming back to this. What is the end here? What is the end game? You know, it's wild too, because obviously we knew as soon as this documentary was going to come out, it was going to make headlines everywhere. And that's exactly what it's doing. I'm sure Harry and Meghan are having an interesting day. Um, and at the beginning of this documentary, they said that the palace or the institution, the royal family, request the offer for commentating or giving any sort of comment on this. It, like they putting requested? Themselves, they, re- they requested the documentary Netflix requested for a comment. Oh, yes. They, 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 declined, the, they declined to comment. But then page six just put out a new article that said, that's not true. The royal family, they were never asked. So there's already going to be that sort of ugh, more back, back and forth. And forth. Yeah. Yes, this is never going to end. They're never going to beat the institution as they showcase the different palaces earlier and how each one has its own sort of press area within you know, each structure. You're going up against a machine, a machine that has been in place for a long time. And I think where we're missing the mark or the markle, if you will, here, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think watching this and seeing so many different ethnicities and people and just ages, men, women all over the place who looked at Megan with hope, like, wow, she looks like me, or she comes from a place that's like, not necessarily a royal family, but she made it in there and she has the opportunity to implement change and holy shit. Like they were so excited, but she first and foremost wanted to protect herself and protect her family. And I think that Harry, knowing what happened to his mom, he probably knew what change and what Megan and them together as a couple, what they could offer. But then I think that he chose family. And I mean, listen, not want to see history it's, a, it's a big decision because the cycle does keep going around. It seems, you know, it happened yeah. with Princess Diana. We watched it happen with Harry and, and him being so under the microscope for being, you know, the, the bad prince, you know? So, yeah, I feel like I understand that. It, it's, it's such a shame, though, because like, when they do show all four of the young royals together, William, Kate, Harry, Meghan, it's like, wow. What a powerhouse. I know. But you really can't, you can't, I don't think you can blame anyone for not, for it not working. Like I said, I'm going to go in circles here. I think we're going to go in circles because I really <laughs> want to finish the documentary because yes. I'm sitting here like, God, I really like everyone. I really wish we everyone need the last just, three parts. We we're being premature. A hundred percent. I just wish everyone would kind of like, I, I don't know, but I feel like we're doing a lot of the, he said, she said thing again, you know, the palace did it. I feel like in parts, Harry and Megan did it with the Oprah interview. And, and I just feel like it keeps going back and forth. And I really hope there's some kind of solution. But I think that you're asking for too much, to be honest with you. I think that as long as both parties put out a statement, it's always going to be matched with another statement, another side of the story. And I think that the story can go round and round. It almost 
something that I can relate to one for damn sure is not the royal family or being a royal, <laughs> but it, it almost reminds me of like a Twitter back and forth, right? Where someone says something about you and you choose, do you want to combat that and tweet back and you want to go back and forth all day and then you're in a Twitter war? Or do you want to just stay silent? Silence is golden and hope that they go away and hope that this discussion is over. However, with them, they're under such a microscope and people are throwing millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars all of the time in Harry and Meghan's direction saying, what is your side of the story? We can only speculate so much. Here, you need to feed your family. You can't afford security. You guys don't know where your next check's coming from. I mean, listen, let's let's not act like they're, you know, about to to go on like unemployment or something. Okay. They no, do but live you in have a fifty remember, million dollar house in Montecito. I, I don't get think they're that, like lounging on the floor for nickels I, and dimes, you know. I I don't either, but I think that there's a certain amount of money that is needed in order to sustain the lifestyle that Harry is used to, the security that their kids need. I don't know. Again, we need the, the security their kids need because they keep putting themselves in this limelight, in this situation where the attention is just going to keep flowing. No, I think the kids were born into it. I think Harry was born into it. I think that will never go away. There will always be an interest. And yes, do I think that this heightens and inflames the whole topic? Well, of you just said it. You know, he wants to. He wanted to protect Megan. Megan wanted to protect her family. They wanted to protect their family. So now they have two kids. Are you protecting your family by keep going on this, this, this press tour of some sorts? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But do I think that their kids will one day appreciate that their parents got their side of the story out or what they feel like their side of the story is? Yes, 100%. If I grew up and I saw my parents in that situation, I would be so proud of them to be able to do that. But I know that there's a totally different side. And again, there's three sides to every story. Jason, we can go round and round. <laughs> we can go round and round. I mean, yeah. listen, both sides give us gives us reasons to really question the other. And I think that's where a lot of people are confused. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where a lot of people are making judgments. And I and anyway, mine mine keeps swaying. I'm like such an easy audience. It's like, yeah, show me this. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I believe that. Oh wait, I believe that. And I think we all get in that position somehow. But guys, if you want to believe in something, believe in our podcast and go ahead and follow <laughs> us so you guys don't miss an episode. We're available, way. we're available everywhere. Whew, Harry and Megan, what a situation. Like everyone's talking about them. Everyone has been talking about them since back in the day. And I mean, now they've reignited the whole Harry and Megan thing. But maybe, maybe just possibly will lead to a great conclusion. But guys, today on the show, we have TLC's Sophia Colpo from the hit show, The Colpo Sisters. We had Aurora last week talking to us about the show. And Sophia is kind of like a whole different entity. Love her. I love her. She has a lot of energy. They're all so different. And I love them all. But it's so it's so interesting to see, again, the different perspective of just a family a dynamic show and a family yeah. dynamic. And here is a family where it's like... It's so funny because they're so open and vulnerable. They come off very authentic on the show, right? And so when you interview them, it's like it's it's even funny. We were talking to their team, and I always ask, "Is there something we should steer clear from and not ask?" And they're like, "No, ask them anything. They don't care." And yeah. it's like, "Oh, okay." And then when you do get them on and you ask a question that it's like, "Um, should we ask that?" They just they don't hold back. No, they're an open book. And I think that's what's made this show so successful. It's a shame it is only, what, six, seven episodes? 
Yeah, but I mean, it's listen, it's almost like a pilot. The first season, it's never going to be a lot of episodes. They need to test the water, see if people are interested. But after watching the first season, I think that people absolutely will be. And it, I mean, it's so different from what TLC normally does, right? Because you get like the 90 Day Fiance, Thousand Pound Sisters, this um, mother and sister. What is that called? Or the mother I, and daughter thing? Is it smothered? Smothered. And yeah. it's just, it kind of gives you like a little Cray vibes, right? But it's like very addicting to watch because it's it's kind of problematic. It's it's it can be fun. It can be entertaining. With the Colpo sisters, I feel like this is a whole different production. And I really am glad that TLC kind of introduced this format into pretty much into their channel because I, I find it fresh and young and maybe will bring a different audience as well. Yes. And I do want to say um, before we jump in with Sophia, we're so excited. Next week, we have Harry and... Ma- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but today when this drops, guys, when you listen to this, I'm asking you, and I know that Jason said this before, but I'm asking you for a gift. Today's a really special Jay. Uh, Jay, see, I'm, I'm so excited about Jay, Jason. Today's a really <laughs> special day. Jason and I are going to get our marriage license. So... For a wedding gift from you guys, before we go in with Sophia, make sure you drop those ratings, those five-star reviews, whatever they're called. And with Sophia, I felt like I could really um, relate to her being the youngest in my family. And I think that her story is absolutely fascinating. I feel like she's constantly being compared to her siblings, which is something that I feel like I deal with. And it's something that almost when we were just talking about the documentary, Harry was talking about within his own family. So I think that that's not a foreign concept to anyone at all. And this is going to be one hell of a conversation. And also happy marriage license day. Happy marriage license day. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. excited Well, since we've been mumbling for a minute, let's just go ahead and jump in with Sophia Colpo. All right, guys, today we're welcoming to the show Sophia Colpo from the hit TLC show, The Colpo Sisters. This is the second Colpo sister we've gotten to have on the show. So Sophia, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to kick this off really quick and just ask you a question that we asked Aurora, who was just on the show last week. Um, We had a great conversation with her. But I wanted to ask you you really quick, before we dive into all kinds of stuff, if filming a reality show was a good time. Because Aurora said that filming a reality show can be a bit cathartic. It can be really cathartic and really good if you're willing to open up and and really kind of like tell your story. But how was your experience? I'll be so honest with you. It was really challenging for me because I think if you follow my storyline, you can kind of already see that there are some, thing, some things in my personal life that I've been struggling with for years. And then to have it filmed kind of just like compounds those emotions. Not to mention you're seeing us as three sisters on the screen, but like there are multiple people around, you know, producing this show. So just that m- amount of bodies and energy, like it can get to be very overwhelming. And it really is cathartic when you have these conversations with your family and like you get these feelings out and you're having these discussions that like n- need to be happening. Um, but it can definitely be overwhelming. In the end, it was more than I I got more from it than I ever thought I would. And, you know, I want to piggyback off of this a little bit because... There are so many people who love you and your sisters and they watch you. And I think that 
they almost, I feel like a lot of us, like we see your social media, we see what you do and we vicariously live through you. Right. But in my mind, I'm thinking you're being vulnerable on a show about things that you're going with, whether it's like, I don't want to say sibling rivalry or I don't want to use that word, but the constant comparisons, right? You're constantly being compared to Aurora or Olivia. And then you have to kind of find your place in this dynamic because it's not within the family. Within the family, you get to be yourselves at a family dinner table. And we saw that in Rhode Island in a recent episode. But then the outside world, they want to compare all three sisters. So the fact that you were so vulnerable, I think it's going to help so many different not just women, but also men who are navigating similar situations. Yeah. And that is the hope because honestly, I'm very bad at being vulnerable. It's something that I've worked to be good at. And I've worked to get to that point because there really is power in vulnerability, but it's really, really scary. And even now, like seeing the show, it's all out there. I really did not allow that part of myself to be shared on Instagram because that was terrifying. But now it's out on the show and I'm like, well, can't keep it together all the time. Like I can't keep that guard up. So people now know what my real family life is like. They know what I'm like around my family. And they also know what I'm like on social media and what I'm like with my friends, which is a completely different person, which I think a lot of people can actually relate to. And I didn't know that a lot of people feel like kind of different beings around family versus friends. Not everyone, but some. When when you went into the show, because I know there's like a kind of a stigma of reality show, like of reality television anyway, where people go into it thinking, okay, I need to, I don't want to say you guys were doing it because you weren't at all. I applaud all three of you for being so open, so vulnerable. And we were talking about with Aurora last week that, you know, you watch a show like the Kardashians, which is reality television, but it's very amplified and the celebrity and, and everything else. But then we have this new show, which is really fresh. And it was a fresh take in, for me anyway, like TLC production. It was just so nice to see. And you guys were so open. But did you go into it thinking, I need to portray myself this way? Or did you go into it just kind of completely bare and like, I'm just going to be an open book and I'm just going to be myself? Lay it all out there. I think part of me definitely wanted to keep a certain like, like viewpoint of myself or a certain image that I had already established on social media on this show. And then it went right out the window because you can't fake it around your family. You, it's not possible. Like, you know, if you, you get up on a stage and you're talking, like you're going to put on like your professional voice. You're going to sound poised. I can't do that around my sisters and they can't do it around me. Cause we're like, who is this person? Like, that's not you. So you really do just get like a completely different side of us. Did you, to kind of also, I love piggybacking off of Jason's questions. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Younger but, sibling traits. <laughs> yes. But my question for you is, did you find now watching back the season, you did watch it back, right? Or no? Oh, yeah. I watched it every Monday. I wanted to keep it like as organic with the audiences that were viewing on the network. So I didn't, I cheated once and it was the finale. I watched it I was going to say, Monday did you sneak morning. at all? Because I don't know if I would be able to do that. I would be like, okay, I need to know what's coming. Because you have like shows like The Real Housewives and they get the episode like a few days before. So they have yeah. time to process. They try to get ahead of it. They try to get ahead yeah. of it. But yeah. you didn't do that. I did not do that. I really didn't. Once I found out that it was, you could like see it on Discovery Plus before you could see it on on TLC. I was like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I, I want to enjoy the Monday nights and like watch it. But I have to say, after that one episode with my sister and I, 
really fighting. That was really hard for me to watch. And I couldn't sleep that night. I was like annoyed. I didn't like the way I came across. I didn't like the way it was put together. And so then the next episode, I was like, I got to watch this during the day because I need to be sleeping at night. I can't be up. (laughs) You're like, no. Well, with that, did you have a moment this season? Because we have a few moments and I think it's, first of all, when we see you argue with Olivia and we see Aurora try to sort of mediate, it's so funny because it just reminds me, and I'm sure anyone else who would be watching, who'd be fans of um, you guys, it reminds you of those family dynamics. Like we all have them, right? Where we have those energies within our homes where somebody's a mediator, then we have the two who are butting heads. But did you have a moment where you look back, you watched it on screen and you're like, damn it, man. Why did I give that to you? I shouldn't have given that to you. I wish I could take that back. Yes, definitely. It's when I <laughs> I will never live this down, but I think I called Olivia a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. It was Aurora's second birthday party. It was like the redo birthday. <laughs> like, first of all, I don't even use that word. Like, I don't, I don't know why of all the insults I could think of, that's what came out. But that is how mad I was. I also like don't name call really, unless it's a sister. Like, but even then, like, I don't, I'm very non-confrontational. It's said throughout the show. It's a known thing about me. I don't like confrontation. And this is why, because some parts of me just get so angry. And the only thing that I can say is just like eighth grade insult. So I was like, why did I call her a dick? You're like, I mean, sorry, sis, you're a dick. Olivia mentioned on the show. Dick. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, though, is she mentioned on the show that you guys fight a lot, but you kind of quickly make up. What made mm-hmm. this one different? Like, what, what made it more energized? I think part for me, the, the hardest part of that whole situation was because it was in front of our parents and she was, um, you know, typical sibling, sibling fights, like who's going to suck up to the parents. And I felt like she was trying to make me look bad intentionally in front of our parents. And I was like, first of all, that whole conversation was just supposed to be between Aurora and I and Olivia. She, she does like to give advice unsolicited often. And she like butt in and I was like, I'm not asking for advice right now. And I think that happens to a lot of younger siblings. I was getting so many messages saying like, when I vent to my family, I can't because as a younger sibling, all they want to do is give me unsolicited advice. All I want is them to say like, I see you and I hear you and I understand. Like, that's it. I'm sitting here listening to you thinking about every conversation I've had with my younger brother and he is the youngest in the past like month. And I'm like, wow, I do offer a lot of unsolicited advice like oh all God. the time yes. we talk. I always do. And I have to I have to go ahead and like bury myself here too because every time we are in front of our family, I will do the same thing Olivia does. I'll make yeah. a, a scene because I want to look it in front of my parents. Jason is the <laughs> yes. Olivia. I feel like I'm, I'm the Olivia. My, I'm my definitely the Olivia of my family. Sophia. You know, and one thing that I found fascinating, Sophia, about your journey on your new show was the fact that I don't want to say ever that you felt like you were living in your sister's shadow, but I think it's more so that you're constantly being compared, right? And you are totally your own person, your own being, your own personality, all of those things. And I thought it was so fascinating at the end where you decide to make that kind of, I don't even want to call it a hard decision to move in with your boyfriend because you're taking that next step, which is incredible in its own. However, it's almost like, you're moving away. Your boyfriend just, you know, got re-signed to this incredible NFL team. But what's going to happen to your career? And I'm thinking, guys, we're in 2022. Like, we have so many amazing people who influence, who get different contracts all over the United States, all over the world. Like, 
Sophia's going to be fine. But did that ever cross your mind? Like, if I'm not with my sisters in Los Angeles, my career could be hindered? Or were you very much so aware of the fact that, like, listen, it's 2022? I think because of the fact that I'm able to work from multiple places and I was very lucky that my boyfriend was re-signed to the Jets. So I'm I'm literally 20 minutes from New York City. Like if this were anywhere else, if I was in Wisconsin, I don't know if I would be moving in with him just because opportunities are here in New York. So I was very lucky that definitely added to my decision to move in. I think the hardest decision was changing the dynamic of my sisters because that now I see them like they'll hang out all the time and I'm like crap like they're gonna get really close and like I'm not there and I see that my nieces and nephews are over there like they're growing up my brother Gus just moved over just moved out to California again too so I actually am more afraid of like getting distant from my my sisters and my my brother than I am my career because I'm confident that I can make the career work anywhere the FOMO of it all yeah, it's, it's more FOMO than it is. Although I will say our management team is in Los Angeles. So that is a little challenging in the sense of like, they'll get, you know, hey, can, is Sophia available for this job? And it's like, darn, like I'm in New York right now. So that is when it's frustrating. But then we just pivot and we reach out to New York teams and we're like, hey, she's Absolutely. here. Like, we can make anything work. On the flip side too, you know, you're taking, I mean, I guess this is the next step. I mean, moving in with someone is kind of a big deal, right? It's a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's awesome. I mean, the New York Jets now has a, still a great wide receiver. So that's awesome for the New York Jets and for you to be in New York. But before that though, I guess you guys were kind of apart a for a while, right? We were, I was going back and forth so often. Um, Olivia and I actually got stuck together during quarantine too, obviously, because we were like living together, but we were stuck in the same house for four months. Like that was a lot in and of itself. After that, I was like, okay, I need a break. And then uh, I actually went back to Rhode Island after that. And that is how I met Braxton. I happened to be on the East coast. So that's how we connected after COVID actually. So and how was, how was that? Because I always wonder, because Adam and I, we're, we're together. We've been together almost a decade. And I think the day after we met, we've spent every day together since. It's like crazy. How do you manage a long distance, like kind of getting to know someone or a long distance relationship? What, what was that like for you? I'm so, so curious. Because everyone has a different answer to this. So that's yeah. why I just I wanted know. to ask. You do have to be a good, like, you have to be good with texting and FaceTiming, which it's not my favorite method of communication, but if you're going to be in a long distance relationship, like you've got to have that open com- communication. Otherwise out of sight, out of mind. Like if you're not putting in the work, how are you going to keep up those emotions? You know, if this person doesn't know, if you don't want to be sharing like every moment of your day with this person, I think that's very telling. And for me, I'm like constantly annoying him 24 seven. I'm just like, I text him when he's at work and I know he's not going to respond. I'm like, so I just stubbed my toe. Just thought you should know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really is. And then also when he's in season, I know that I have to travel to see him. Now that I'm living with him, I don't. But when we weren't, I was constantly flying to see him because he can't leave and you have to be willing to make those sacrifices. And then vice versa, when he was out of season, he would come to LA. So you do have to have those conversations and you have to make sure that both are willing and we both hate long distance. So then we end up moving in together. <laughs> With that, because I think, Jason, that's such a great question and something that we really can't relate to, but I have so much respect. Because like all the time, like you really do have to be 
communicative. You have to always talk. And it's just, yeah. Wait, really quick, because I want to follow up on this. Sorry, Adam. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's usually okay. you who do, do this to me. So I I'm going to do it back to you. <laughs> We've lasted 10 years. We don't hate each other, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> are, you no, guys, was, are you guys not together in the same space right now? Oh, we're in we, the same we're, we're in the same different, house, different yeah. Yeah, different spots. areas. Oh, fun. Okay. I'm yeah. in my workspace. He's in his. And <laughs> it's oh, I love that. Better like that. I, I was going to ask, though, uh, because you are apart from Olivia, you guys still have a lot of very close similarities, especially when it comes to being in a relationship. You are both with NFL players. I yep. bet this also helps your relationship because you can kind of compare, I don't know, compare your journeys in a relationship, right? Yes. And I have to say, like, when I, I did, I did have a rule where it was like no athletes, just because I'd seen what my sister had gone through prior. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And I have really just, I will admittedly say I did not have much faith in guys that have girls thrown at themselves all the time, you know, and then they travel on top of that. Like, it was just something I wasn't willing to do. And then I meet Braxton and he's honestly the best human I've ever met in my entire life. I will openly say he's a better person than I am. And that's why he makes me better because I'm like, okay, I'm learning like you are. He's just, he's a peach. I can't, I can't say it enough. He's a peach. It's, <laughs> it's a, I asked Aurora, I'm like, you know, your two sisters are dating NFL players. What happens if like another NFL player comes along or you meet someone, you're like, I want to introduce you to Aurora. And she's like, I don't want to be a cleat chaser. And she explained to us what a cleat chaser is, but I yeah, know. I have questions. Would you want to introduce someone love... to a football player? I wouldn't. I don't know if I would. I honestly don't know if I would. <laughs> I feel like I've got very lucky. Olivia's gotten very lucky. I'm like, I don't know. That might be a lot. And on top of it, I don't love that it's another similarity between Olivia and I. Like, it, I love Braxton. That's why mm. I'm with Braxton. But if I'm being honest, like, I, it's just another comparison for people to draw on. And, and sometimes it's hard for me to hear, like, just the mini, mini version, like mini version of living like that. I don't love, but that's just, that's the people in the world that make those comments. And I try to obviously to drown all those things out, but I don't think Aurora would care for them as well. Unless you really, really hmm. love the person. Really quick, Jason, I'm going to cut you off. Only okay. Because okay. Okay. Now, now that we got the first season of your reality show, I am so curious because now we've seen you move, but Say we get picked up for a season two, and that's what I'm hoping for because just the the authenticity of your show and the way that you, you know, come out as a family dynamic. And it seems like, I mean, your brother was peeing into a bottle on the side of his bed. Like, this is not, you don't fake this, right? This I is, was so hoping that would not make the show. That is it, mortifying. It made the show. So <laughs> I'm saying like with that, it's just one of the gold mines of your show not the peeing in the bottle, but the fact that yeah. you are so vulnerable as a family. If you do get picked up, when you do get picked up, is that something where you're just like, okay, I will fly back and forth from New York to LA and let's do season two? Or is it something where you're like, guys, I don't have time for this? I have no idea how that would play out. I really do hope that it can cover more of like my life here individually as well as with Braxton. I think it's, for me, I love... um I love that part of my life, of course. And I would love to be able to share more of that. I am also in LA very often for work and to see my niece and nephews and just to like kind of, um, you know, take every opportunity I can. I'm not going to say no to a job in Los Angeles just because I'm in New York. Like I'll fly out and do everything that I can. So I'm sure it will be a mix of 
everything. I know that the people love my parents and they live in Rhode Island. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it was also just like more so spending time with them in Rhode Island. I'm, my mom literally called me this morning begging me to drive home this weekend. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I really just go where I'm needed. <laughs> I love that. I think that would be so interesting to carry on everything. To We see that you've moved. We we get to see your parents. We get introduced to the new restaurant. I feel like it'd be fun to carry that on. I mean, the Copo sisters don't have to all be in LA at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it kind of gives you that like self-identity that you're kind of looking for. It's like, okay, I don't have to always be around Olivia or Aurora. I can have my own thing going on. I think that would be interesting. Exactly. And that's reality. That is the reality of it. I do spend a lot of time on a plane and a lot of time traveling to, to between the coasts. So that's, that would be as honest as we can get. Can I ask you really quick, the moment, (laughs) the moment (laughs) watching back that made you maybe even cringe the most. Okay. I'm going to give you three moments that I can remember from the show. I can give you like, I can go down like five or six because I loved your show, but it was the going to Aurora's birthday party on the yacht and we're fighting over the bathing suit. Then we have your mom come out in the milk carton costume. (laughs) And then we have (laughs) Gus peeing into the, whatever the bottle it was. Like if you could take one of these moments back and be like, damn it, man, go say you're on the editing floor. And you get to cut something. What are you cutting? Oh my god, I'm cutting the pee bottle. Oh, that's the pee just bottle. that was that such an easy. Yeah, you're like we're never gonna marry him off like this. I, people DM us all the time, like, "Is your brother single?" I'm like, for a reason. Like, you don't want to <laughs> date him. <laughs> what is the? What is the? I guess the same thing as a if we're calling a woman who's with an NFL player. If Aurora says that's a cleat chaser, then what is it if Gus dates an NFL cheerleader? Would that be what a pom-pom chaser? See, I don't know. And not to be know. all like, not to go all into this space, but nobody ever calls out NFL players for dating models. Olivia and I are both models. No one brings that up. Double standards. That's true. You know, I've heard so many things. Maybe you can like enlighten me just a little bit about this. Cause we've had, we have uh, had friends who have been in the NFL and there's, I know there's like this kind of thing with like, you have NFL like wives, there's like a wives club. And then you have the like wives. the girlfriend, the wags and the girlfriends or the, you know, the, like just the random ones. Do you feel that tension or are you very like kind of welcomed by maybe some of the other Jets ladies? I have to say the Jets organization is so nice and welcoming. I'm very good friends with a lot of girls on the team. I'll go to their homes or they'll come to mine to watch the games. So we have a lot of fun. We have a big group chat. Like this weekend, someone's planning a Christmas day in the city, night and dinner. And we all just have so much fun together because you're really in a new space supporting the person you love, but you might not know that many people here. I'm very lucky that I am from Rhode Island, not far away. And I have a lot of friends that live in the city. But so it's like a support system. It's like a community. 100%. Nice. I've That's heard really not good every to hear. team is like that though. I've heard So have we. Aren't. That's what yeah. I wanted to, I was like, what is that like? Especially, yeah. you know, you know, if, if these ladies have been, they have like a, an older partner and who's been around for a long time. And, you know, like you're new coming into this. Like, I, I just, I know it would be kind of, I've know, heard that like there are weird. some places where they'll separate like the wives from the girlfriends, like the right. wives are legit and the girlfriends are just kind of like, side pieces i would not appreciate that but i'm lucky that i have never dealt with that oh that's so good sophia i wanted to ask you now moving forward um 
of course, we're hoping for many, many more seasons of the Copo Sisters. But with everything that you have going on, you're super busy. You have an amazing relationship. Say we get to like look fast forward five years from now, right? We're obviously a part of the Wives Club. But where are we? Like, what's going on? Where where do you see yourself? Is it with like a brand? Are we still, you know, modeling? Are we still doing the influence? Well, like, how does this look? My biggest thing right now that I'm working on is being more creative. I've always grew up being very, very creative and loving to like sketch and draw and just really express myself through things like that. And then I just completely stopped when I was like, you know, that you get to that age where those things are no longer important and you do things that will make you money. So my intention for the next five years is to really draw back in on that creative side and make that into my passion, whether that's something that's in fashion, if that's something that's in, you know, a wellness space, um, that is, I don't want to give things away, but like, that is the road that I'm, I'm, um, manifesting for myself you know obviously we want independence from you because that was the whole like that was the biggest part of your storyline but the copo sisters that's like a collaboration with you and your family are you opposed to in the future say like say we have you know a big fashion house or a big brand or a big box company that comes forward and says we want you olivia and aurora to do um a line for us showcasing all three different personalities like is that something you're still open to and still being identified with your sisters? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I love working with my sisters. I mean, working with your family, obviously you're going to run into, you know, fights and when your sisters, you fight naturally, but we are also best friends. We're also extremely close and I don't want that to ever be lost through this series. And I think you do see that like we fight, but we make it up, we make up, we, we still love one another. And we've done collaborations in the past, the three of us. I would love to do another one. We did a collection with Macy's um, two years ago and we just did one cohesive, you know, collaboration between the three of us, but I would love to do one where we each have like our own set of designs because clothing designs, because we're very different in that respect. So I think that would be really, really fun. And especially fun for me, because like I said, finding like my creative side again, and just kind of getting more in touch with the things that I like instead of the things that are like, trendy right now i think that's something that i'm really focusing on you can so that's tell awesome. him gay because i love the butterfly top but jason i'm gonna pass this to you <laughs> right <laughs> though right am i wrong the one that's in the show right that my mom's yes. like Ooh. when your mom had the mask on yes yeah, yes okay yeah so, well and girl moment <laughs> i just so i well i wanted to wrap it up with like a few things about your future because you just admit or you just mentioned that your intention is to get more creative and you do have a candle line out with Aurora called the Intentions Duo. And I asked her which candle was hers. And you guys can find it on waycart.com. We're going to drop the link on uh, this, the description of the YouTube and, of course, the podcast. Hey. But it's the Intentions Duo. I love the design of these candles. I can't wait to get a set. We have actually ordered one because we have to support the guests on the show 100%. Thank but you. I love, love, love this design. And I can't wait to smell this. So Aurora said that the no in, in the no inhibitions candle is hers. So that means all is well is yours. What was your inspiration behind first of all the collection and then also your candle by itself? It's funny because this is something that really sparked that creative just like juice in me again because this was the first collaboration that I've done in a while that was like fully left up to me. Like and, and my sister, we each designed ours like separately. Of course, we wanted them to coordinate so you could get them together. Um, but 
it was just so much fun having creative freedom and able to do that. And when I, you know, you can only put so much on a candle and you can only do so much in that respect, but it was just bringing, you know, what you wanted, what you wanted people to feel when they lit this candle, when they, where they put it in their home, like all of those things you take into account. And for me, all as well was um, kind of a mantra I had throughout college because teenage years to college, I just really struggled a lot with like social anxiety, but also I think a little bit of it was having this like familiarity with my last name that I wasn't used to, but it was all because my sister a little bit, I struggled identifying with that. And something I would just say to myself is like all as well, like you can relax, like you don't like nothing is wrong. Um, so that's something that I would write over and over again. And I still say it all the time. And I wanted that to be my first candle because it was something that was extremely personal. Um, and I just wanted to share that with others because this whole year has just been the power of vulnerability. So there you have it. And you have another it. arm for the tattoo. All I well. do. Yes. Oh my God, I have six now. <laughs> now. Do you? They're very small. Like you would never know. Like literally one of them is like a heart right here. And then I have like a whole, where's the uh, camera? You got bit like, by the bug. You yeah, got bit by the tattoo bug. <laughs> I did. You, well, the good thing is, though, about mine, like I can hide them if I don't want them to be seen. And that was all intentional. That's great. No, I love, I mean, I have three. You can't really see. No, you can't see them either. No, you can't. Yeah. But they're not like it's in fun. your face. But I love yeah. those subtle, like just those subtle little tattoos are really nice. Sophia, yeah. we have to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. We are such huge fans of, well, of you especially after talking Thank to you. you. Like it's so fun to get to meet you, but also of the show, the Copo sisters, which just wrapped. We cannot wait for a season two. You can still stream it on discovery plus. And I just thought it was such a great show. You guys were so authentic, so vulnerable, so open. And that's what's missing in reality television right now is positivity instead of the negativity. And you, all three of you ladies brought it. Right. Thank you so much. That's add all we that. wanted from it. I just want to add to that really quick too. As Jason mm-hmm. said, I can't do a rapid fire round, but listen, we've been in a relationship <laughs> for 10 years and he totally knows how I operate. Can I just ask you three questions really quick? Yes. Okay. If you could picture yourself in any state, any city, whatever, at the end of this, because obviously you're so young and there's so much uh, movement right now in your career and your boyfriend's career, where do you picture yourself settling down? Mm-hmm. Oh, settling down. It's somewhere on the East Coast. It, it, he's from, Braxton's from North Carolina. I'm from Rhode Island. We actually do love being around New York and New Jersey. So I could see it being around here. Okay. I love that. I love that. And when people compare your show with your sisters to the Kardashians, how do you feel about that? I don't really feel anything specific. I think naturally that's people's comparison because we're sisters, but that's the only similarity in my mind we're so different like we were raised different different places different family dynamics so i just think it's a completely different show okay and then lastly just because we're so invested into your relationship now and i'm listen i'm manifesting season two of the copo sisters and more of your boyfriend um all of this <laughs> i want to see the relationships the dynamics all of it but when we get to see all of this 10 years from now do we see babies no babies marriage how do we feel 10 years from now. Oh, babies. I'll be 36. I want oh. a big family. Oh, big if family. If I'm lucky enough to have Ooh. my babies. Yes. 
Okay, good. Okay, that's it. Sorry, Jason. Take it away. <laughs> no, I love that. I love it. I, and I have to agree, it is so different than the Kardashians. This is something I really enjoyed watching the show. That's exactly what I was talking about. It's just open and authentic. Aurora said too last week, she's like, at one point it did feel authentic and real, but then it just got, it's fun to watch the celebrity of it all and watch their growth and stuff. But I think it's just so fun to watch. Well, they became pre-produced mm-hmm. and then you have Sophia's brother peeing in a cup and then Sophia <laughs> calling her sister a dick and then Damn saying like, I'm out of here, I move. And listen, there's like, you can tell that this is like raw. We're in the raw beginnings of this reality show, which makes it so much fun for the viewers to watch. And it makes it relatable. I think that once things become a little bit too pre-produced, like, listen, we love our Kardashians. We don't have to compare too much, but at some point we can't necessarily all relate to getting in our Maybox and flying in our private jets to, you know, the UK or Dubai, like things change. Right. And Sophia, thank you so much again for being on here. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. All right, guys, don't forget to follow us so you do not miss an episode of Hot Messy Podcast. Leave us a review and some feedback. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, go ahead and email us at info at hotmessypodcast.com. We love getting your questions and we promise we'll answer them next time. Have a great weekend, everyone. Love you guys. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.